again, we, we come to you today. We, uh, we thank you for this, this, this first week of school that uh, here we made it to Friday. We're thankful that we can be together. Um, again, we're still not too far removed from everybody having to be apart, and we don't want to take that for granted, just the ability to be together, to, to interact, to um, just enjoy each other's uh, company and presence and friendships and all that goes along with that, and uh, to learn about you uh, and your word and all the different subjects that we have here throughout the school day. Help us to help us to glorify you uh, today and in every day and all that we say and all that we do here. Uh, we pray that it will all be done for your honor and your glory. pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so as I was thinking about how we want to kick off uh, a, a, a new year of chapel, I kind of came back to, to student culture. You know, we've talked about, we have, we have new students. We have new students every year, sure. We've talked about that quite a bit. Um, but something that should always be important to us is what is life like at Calvary for a student? Our students, uh, our students are a big component in helping set that culture. Our staff will set that culture. Um, but nothing keeps culture healthy uh, more than the students enforcing it. If a student does something that's out of, out of line some way, and a staff member corrects them, okay, we, you know, we see that, we see that frequently, but if a, if a student does something that's maybe out of line in some way, and a fellow student corrects them, sometimes that can be even more powerful than, than an adult correcting them, where, where you would maybe expect it. Uh, so the question becomes, how do we act uh, as a student at Calvary Christian, as a, as a believer, and, and, and we're not, and I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I don't know all of your spiritual states. Uh, you, you may not have made a decision at this point to give your life to Christ, so I'm not just going to say everybody's a believer, but as a student here at Calvary Christian, how do we behave? How do we look different? How should we look different? Because here's the thing. You're ambassadors for Christ everywhere you go. Do, does your family know that you attend Calvary Christian? Your distant cousins, do they all know you attend Calvary Christian? Probably, right? So you're an ambassador for Christ everywhere you go. Are all those family, uh, all those friends that know you attend Calvary, are they all believers? Probably not. I got plenty of family members that are not believers. So every interaction I have with them, I'm an ambassador for Christ. And that's a role that, that I have to take seriously. And, and that testimony that we have is something that has a great impact on those in our sphere of influence that are around us. So how can we look different? How should we look different? And then as staff here, what do we expect from our students? How do we expect you guys to act and behave and, and treat one another? I want to remind you quickly of our school verse. Well, I guess I'll even give you a little, a, a little test here at the beginning. What is our school verse? Who can tell me? What is the reference? Oh, you guys my front. Someone shout it out. Okay, 1 Timothy 4.12. I wasn't planning this, but who thinks they can recite it? Brooklyn, you think you can recite it? All right, let's... This was your verse this week? That's a great, that's a great verse to start with since it's our school verse. Okay, go ahead and recite it. You don't want to recite it? Do you want the mic so everybody can hear you? Okay, no. Okay, June. Never mind. Okay, 1 Timothy 4.12, here's what it says, and you'll see it on the screens and stuff out there all the time. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, 
in love, in faith, and in purity. And we've talked about this a lot, and, and I get it if you're new. This is maybe the first time we're going over it now. But our youth is not an excuse to not set an example, just like we're talking about. You're an ambassador for Christ everywhere you go. Just because of your age, being a fourth grader through a, through a high school student, that's not an excuse to not be setting an example in our speech, our conduct, our love, our faith, and our purity. So that's a quick reminder school verse. That is a great verse to commit to memory if you haven't already done so, and just, just continue to remind yourself of that and, and, and live that every day. And as we've talked about before, your youth can be, can be very powerful in showing others who God is. When someone who's older than you sees a young person walking with God, you think that's powerful? I think, it can, I think God can use that in amazing ways. And I've, I've seen that used in amazing ways. I've probably shared this story before, but it's been a long time. Where back before we even had the high school team, and I was coaching the junior high soccer team, we would, it, it was a pretty standard habit for our teams, we would try to pray with the other team. And in the junior high league, this is just a community league. I mean, you guys know how many of you are on the junior high soccer team right now? Probably a handful of you, right? We play like Bell, you played Bell Fountain yesterday, right? Ben Logan, Indian, like, you know, you play the schools in the area. And we would, you know, ask, you know, we would have the students ask if they want to pray with us after the game. And I had a coach one year, and we did it, we did it for years. And one, one year I had a coach, and he pulled me aside after the season, and he said, you know what, I was just so, you know, amazed, you know, taken aback, shocked, whatever the verb was, that your student asked, uh, he, he, he was brave enough to ask us to pray. He prayed for us. He went, man, that was, that was like convicting for me. And I felt bad. I haven't done this. That student was leading in a way that I haven't been leading. And he said, I've been back in my Bible, and I've gotten plugged in at a church again. And that was kind of the catalyst to get that started. And I thought, wow, that's pretty incredible how God can use anybody regardless of their age. So let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and in conduct and love and faith and in purity. So how do we behave? I'm going to go through a few things today. I'll give you a few quick hitters, easy things to write down. If you're taking notes for your Bible class, these will be easy notes to write down, and then we'll go on to second period. The first thing is we must behave with the fruit of the Spirit. This is a non-negotiable. Everybody at Calvary, we have to be exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. How do we look different? How should we look different? We live with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. How many of you listened to that song, the fruits of the Spirit song, like a million times? How many of you were like singing that as soon as I mentioned the fruits of the Spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of is going through my mind, too. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. We listen to a lot of children's songs at home. But that's a great one. And that's a great way to memorize it. Listen to that song all the time. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Uh, so here's the thing with fruit of the Spirit. We must behave with these things. We must behave in these ways. Uh, it's easy to do these things, though, when things are going well, right? 
So we don't really, we're not really set apart. We don't really look different when we're showing these things when everything is going our way. And I think the song even says that. It's easy to show these things when things go our way. But how do we behave when things are not going our way? That's where you look different. And the Bible tells us that. Hey, even the non-believers, they, they can be kind to people who are kind to them. Yeah, if you're nice to me, it's easy for me to be nice to you. But how do I respond when you're a jerk to me? It can be a little bit tougher for me to respond with love and with kindness. But when someone's a jerk to me and I respond with love and kindness, does that make me look different? Of course it does. And that's what we have to do here as students at Calvary Christian and as believers in Jesus Christ. So, love. The love that I show cannot be based on how people treat me. The joy that we have, it's not based on, on how well things are going for me personally. The peace that we have, it's not based on my circumstances. I could give you story after story of people going through incredible trials and just exhibiting a great amount of peace in a storm that makes no sense. And it is very easy to look at these people and go, how are you so calm? How do you have it together? I would be a mess if what was going on with you was happening to me. That's how we show, it's how we show God's action in our lives. Patience. It's easy to be patient when everything is going good and everything is happening right when you want it to happen. But do we show patience when... When we want answers, we want change now, it's not coming. Do we show kindness, again, when others haven't been kind to me? Do we show goodness when people have not been good to me? Can I show gentleness when I don't have a reason to be gentle? Can I show faithfulness when nothing is going the way I want it to? And then can I show self-control when I feel wronged and I feel my temper rising and I want to lose control? That's what sets us apart. And for our student culture here at Calvary, that's what we have to continue to hold each other to. That's the standard we have to keep each other to. So, hey, you want to know how to be a good friend? When your friend steps outside of those lines, knock them back inside the lines. That's called accountability. And we grow from that, and we need that. That's why God, that's why God placed us together. We need, we need church. We need each other we need that constant, those constant reminders to be drawn back to Christ and his word and how we should be acting. Okay, so again, we have to keep each other accountable. We can't do these things on their own. So before I leave the, the quick talk on the fruit of the Spirit, I want you to recognize none of these things can, be, can happen on our own. We understand that? If we just try to live the fruit of the Spirit and we try to just live with joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, self-control, if we just try to do that and we just try really hard, we're going to fail, okay? I want to see heads nod and we understand that because that does not come naturally, that doesn't come natural to us. We're, we're, we're born sinful. So naturally, I'm, I, I, I have a, I, have a I, I want to look out for myself gentle. I want, again, it's about, it's about me if everything is just on my own. So how do we do this? Again, it can't just be in our own strength. This has to be from the Holy Spirit working in our lives every single day 
because this constantly goes against the grain of how we naturally are born in our sinful state as we continue that process of sanctification over time becoming more like christ the point is we just we have to rely on christ we have to wake up every day and pray to god help me today to show your fruit of the spirit in every interaction because we all know how the day goes and it takes one one student to say something that catches your ear the wrong way and bam you're upset and you're ready to go and you're ready to say something you're going to regret in five minutes and that's where in that immediate moment we need the holy spirit working in our lives saying saying hold the line continue to act in a way that glorifies me i'm going to give you three words here i talked we, uh, we we spoke with our staff at the beginning of the school about these same three words i'm going to share these with you uh, on top of the fruit of the Spirit, how do we act here at Calvary? And then there's some questions that follow it. So if you're taking notes, you can, you can answer these questions on your own. After we do these three, we're going to ship you off to second period. So here we go. Again, how do we live at Calvary? Just recapping here, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the first word that we have is authenticity. We need to be authentic. Our faith must be supported by our actions. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me. If not, you can just listen. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to be uh, reading a passage from the book of James. It's James 2, and I'm going to start in verse 18, and I'm going to read uh, through verse 26. In the book of James, uh, here he's talking about how, you know, we're not saved by actions. We understand that. We're saved through faith in Christ. But our actions need to match our words. Okay, it's obvious. If I just say all these things about God and how I, my life has changed, and I live my life completely uh, contradictory to that, then something is missing here. So our actions need to match, although we're not saved strictly by our actions. So here's what James says in chapter 2, verse 18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Well, even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works, is dead. So again, it uses that illustration a lot of fruit, the fruits in our life. Again, it's just something that we see. If I look at an apple tree, I know it's an apple tree because I see fruit. I see apples growing on it. It's, 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 it's a simple illustration that we can see and we can understand. When people look at your life, do they see the fruit can they look at you, the way you act, the way you behave, the way you speak, your actions? And they say, you know what, that kid's an apple tree. Man, look at the fruit on that kid's tree. Man, it is growing. 
Or do they look at you and go, man, that fruit, that, that fruit is rotten. That is, some, that is a diseased tree right there. It needs some pruning for that thing to be healthy. Our faith must be supported by our actions. We have to be authentic. So a quick question for you guys. Is my faith my own, first of all? Do my actions give evidence to it? Do those, do those actions support your faith, or do they cause others to question it? Hey, that person says he's a Christian, but man, he's talking like this, and he's doing that. I don't think that lines up with what Scripture says. Do your actions support your faith or cause others to question it? Uh, another word that we have here is humility. Uh, humility, we're not looking to position ourselves above others. I'm going to read a short section from 1 Peter 5, and I'm going to be in verse 5. And what he says here is, Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Subject yourself to your elders. Could be parents, could be teachers here. Do we show humility? Are we constantly trying to place ourselves above other people? I think one of the main ways you see that in a school is maybe, you know, the, the buzzword of bullying where someone wants to make themselves look cool maybe. So, hey, I'm going to put these people down over here so I seem, you know, cool and elevated up here. That's not what we should be about as Christians. We understand that. We know that. How am I showing humility every day, not trying to place myself above others? Our last word uh, is grit. Grit. And grit is kind of a tough word. You're not going to see, I think, grit too much in Scripture. But Scripture does, uh, it does use a word uh, more frequently, probably steadfastness, which we can probably equate to the idea of grit. Uh, and this is just saying, you know, basically, we're not afraid of hard work for God. We're not afraid of hard work for God. And we work hard knowing that our labor is not in vain. Our work is for Him. So we don't back away from challenges. When something gets hard, we don't quit. We keep pressing forward towards the goal, whatever that may be. I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, verse 58, and this just says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Do we quickly give up? Are we quick to throw in the towel? Are we people that are steadfast? We're not afraid of hard work. And we know that that work is for God. And that he's glorified through it. So to go back and quickly recap, as we get ready to launch you out here, as we get close to 9 o'clock, how do we behave here as students at Calvary Christian and just as believers? Every day, every interaction. Are we showing the fruit of the Spirit? Even when it's hard. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. How are we doing on those things? And then keep those three terms in mind. Are we being authentic in our faith? 
We're not fake people. We're not hypocrites. And by the way, we're going to fall short. We, we, we understand that. We need God's grace every day. But are we, are we authentic in our faith? And do our actions support our faith? Are we showing humility towards others? And are we showing grit? We're not afraid of work. We're steadfast in what we do. Hold each other accountable to those terms. Write them down. Put them in your locker. Continue to grow those characteristics in your life uh, every day this year. Let's pray, and then we'll go to second period. God, we do thank you again uh, for this time. We're so thankful that we can open up your word, uh, that we can do that freely. We can do that without fear. We can do that uh, without persecution, Lord. We know there are so many areas in the world right now that doing something like this in public would be, would be so dangerous, and it costs them so much. And the truth is, for us, it costs us, it costs us very little. So help us to, help us to be bold into, into, sharing, uh, into sharing your word. Help us to be in your word frequently, to not take that for granted. Uh, help us to uh, just glorify you every day. And I pray for the students in this room right now, again, as we start a new year, uh, I know that there may be students here that do not know you as their personal Savior, Lord. Lord we pray that you would work uh, in their hearts even today, that, that those questions would be stirring, your Holy Spirit would be moving, those, those conversations would, would take place, and, uh, and that all of the students here would come to a knowledge uh, and, and saving faith in, in Jesus Christ. So help us to, to live these things today and this year. We pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Thank you. You are dismissed to second period.